This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into Batter Up on this Wednesday, June 15th. Caleb Johnson in with my co-host Joe Patrick. Joe, how's it going? Braves still taking no L's. The Braves cannot lose a game, even if they try it, it seems like. They just win, 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 win. If you look at the the baseball reference on their, if you look at the team page for this year, you know, this season, you'll see like the wins and losses, and it's like a green to red, a green to red, and, and then all of a sudden it's just this explosion of green, and not only are they winning, but they're winning these games by large margins. It's kind of funny to look at, but uh, we'll take it, right? I mean, they haven't lost a game for like two consecutive podcasts that we've they- done. It's almost, we're verging on unprecedented territory here. The entire month of June, Joe, the oh, Braves yeah, have not lost. Uh, it was the, it was <laughs> it was the, it was Snit's motivational speaking, wasn't it? Caleb? His rah rah speech, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come I, on, I, don't we all take Brian Snicker as the guy to come in and stand on a chair and and you know say, "Come together, <laughs> man! I've got something to tell you." <laughs> No, what I like to envision happened was Snit was like, all right, everybody, just chill out. And they were like, okay. And they was like, all right, good talk. Get out there and play it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because yeah. uh, um, I, I – go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, we always – Snit keeps on saying, you know, you never know what's going to be that big win that turns you around. And when they're going through this streak like they were at the beginning of the season where they couldn't get any sort of streak together, that was you know the thing that we've joked about on this podcast. Like, is that going to be the game that, that gets the win streak going? And um, what was it? That it Was it that last game of the Arizona Diamondbacks series that they won before they headed to Colorado? Yeah. yeah that, that, well, that was it. That was the one that got their juices flowing. Yeah, well, I was trying to look back and see who it was. It was, you know, either Schultz or or David O'Brien who wrote about the big speech that oh, yeah. Brian Snicker apparently made. Uh, and apparently, it's one of those. The my understanding was didn't want to do it, was not <laughs> trying to do this sort of thing, but just uh, apparently the what that that. That Arizona game they lost in extras mm-hmm. just caused Snit to not be able to sleep, and he just needed to you know voice some words of wisdom, I guess, to the team. <laughs> um, that is one of the, it's one of those things like it, it, it's it's a folktale. Like it'll be looked back on depending on how the season goes. As like you know, now it won't be a game. There won't be 
well, this is the game that turned it around. It'll be th- this was the speech that mm-hmm. turned it around, whether it actually did or not. There's a lot of factors, obviously, to what happened. Um, you know, the Braves finally figuring some things out amongst themselves. Uh, I know whether it's, you know, it brought Michael Harris in to spark things up. Things weren't necessarily going very well for him at the beginning. Kids already switching his hands, um, you know, <laughs> doing whatever he needs to do. He's, he's seeing off speed so much better than he was before. Yeah. Now he's hitting for power. Yeah. It's like, okay. Uh, you know, I, I, the broadcast talked about it so much last night of what you're getting from the seven, eight, nine now is. Oh, it's totally different. Wild. You know, it's like it, the, the, the bottom of their lineup right now is reminiscent of you know what the bottom of this lineup has been the last few years when they've been one of the most potent offensive teams in baseball and that's what really makes the difference because when you look around the league every team is driven by their one two three four hitters but it's what those guys in the bottom of the order do that make that separate the the great offensive teams that can keep the line moving and keep that lineup turning over versus the teams that don't have those kinds of players. And, you know, it's funny because in the past it's been guys like Dansby Swanson who's down the, been hitting down the order. Um, but, you know, obviously he's been moved up. He's been hitting a lot in the two hole. And uh, we've seen other guys just, you know, fill in. And the Braves gotten great production out of the catching position. But I do want to just like, you know, just go back to Michael Harris real quick. And it has been great over this past week to see his bat getting hotter. And I think that you just see him kind of grow in confidence uh, with some of the things that he's doing at the plate now. But, um, you know, I just think that the player that he is, the dyna- the, the profile that he is as a player – really was perfect for what this team needed. And it's not like they needed some guy to come up and be some big slugger and, you know, be like kind of like an Austin Riley type when he came up. They really just needed somebody who was going to shore up that outfield defense, give them a little bit extra, you know, on the base pass and things, and just make contact with the ball and not be an automatic strikeout. I mean, I know we talked about this on our podcast last week and we kind of compared him to Christian Pache and kind of determining why he is a better performer, maybe a better fit for this team than Pache was, but it's just fantastic to see him integrating into this lineup and into this squad, um, getting the playing time that he is. And, you know, certainly that's not going to go away because he's obviously proving that he's capable of playing at this level. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You know, I talked about a couple of times on this podcast about the fact of, Alex Anthopoulos kind of taking the tags off of some of the young talent. It's fun when he does that and it actually works out because that <laughs> yeah. obviously hasn't happened with everyone. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like a lot of the, you know, it's more so been the pitchers that have been guys where Alex Anthopoulos is like, look, we got to do something. We got to have a spark, somebody step up. Uh, and it hadn't happened. And so I got a little concerned with you know with Michael Harris of like yeah the downside of bringing in a guy so young is you can absolutely ruin his career if it doesn't pan out immediately uh because no one has any patience anymore mm-hmm. and so to see him have this ability i don't you know it, it may not he may not stay this hot but you're you're seeing that it's there uh you're seeing you know the the beginning stages of what you want um, out of your your center field position is now locked up and, and we're just it's one of those like we're like two weeks from coming on here and talking about like oh man this outfield is just being down so, in the dumps yeah. yeah so weak 
you know, you had a moment of you couldn't play Adam Duvall because he yeah. was that bad. And now the guy's just hitting home runs left and right. Like, okay, cool. That's shown up. Um, it's well, and and I I think that these things kind of go together because when you bring Michael Harris up, it gives you enough leeway with the lineup and what you can do constructing the roster, the, the the lineup day today, where you can give a guy like Adam Duvall a couple days off to get reset. And I really think that that is partially what helped him kind of get turned around was just getting a break. And, you know, he was in that rut, but he was being forced to play every single day because the, the Braves just really didn't have anybody else in that outfield. So yeah, I mean, it's great to see what Adam Duvall has been doing. And, you know, we all know what he's capable of. We've seen them do it here. Um, but we've also kind of seen the bad Adam Duvall here as well. And so uh, it's great to see him kind of flip that switch here. Well, and, and the look, the big idea that I kind of take away from this is the fact that the Braves really didn't change much. Like what what has carried them through this 13 games has not been any magical, massive changes. It's just been guys playing like, you expected them to play. It's so funny, too, because it's one of those things that I remember saying, uh, you know, when, when the Braves were struggling so much at the beginning of the season, it was kind of like, look, the Braves don't have another magical run in them. You know, like, like this doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. What happened last year doesn't just happen. You don't just go and, and, and catch fire and then go win a World Series. You're not going to do that two years in a row. And now I'm starting to feel like people who doubt Tom Brady is like going to fall off a cliff, you know, or something like I'm one of those, yeah. like, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> like, like, cause it's one of those. Yeah. Uh, when you're, when you're two games away from reaching your franchise history record, of you know, 15 straight is the most the Braves have ever won in their franchise history. And that happened back in 2000. The fact that you're two games away from that, um, yeah, you're putting you're and, and you've yep. got Elias out here sending emails to to media and and tweeting about the fact of like, yeah. hey, here's a new Braves record that's that's yeah. been you know um, broken. It, it's just one of those like, yeah, the, that's wild. I, I just didn't think we would be here. Yeah, I mean, it's what it's nuts. I would say though that what we something we were saying and pretty much everybody was saying, which is pretty easy to. Um, to analyze when you looked at the at the schedule, which was that if there was going to be a time that this was going to happen for the Braves, it was going to be now. Now, I don't think anybody would have anticipated that they would go on a, a winning streak quite like this, but that's what had me worried, Caleb, when we were doing this podcast a couple weeks ago, and they had kind of started that easier stretch of the schedule, and it just was not happening at that point. Uh, you know, what was it? They played um, uh, the Phillies, and then they, they split with the Phillies. They go on the road and lo- drop two out of three. Was it they dropped two out of three against the Diamondbacks? The I believe they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Marlins as well. So mm-hmm. they just, like, weren't really getting it going. But then, obviously, you know, when they went out to Colorado, the bats really came alive, and – that's really been the thing. Like the, the bats on this team, this lineup just feels dangerous from top to bottom. Now um, they've hit now back to back homers in three straight games, yeah. which hasn't been done in franchise history, I believe, or at least like since 1900 or something like that. Uh, just in, like insane stuff. Like you're saying um, that they're just doing seems like every night they hit like five homers. It's just crazy. Well, and I do want to add a caveat to what you were talking about, you know, looking at the record. Cause I have seen this where people are like, 
well, I mean, the Braves are beating the Rockies, the A's, the Pirates, now the Nationals. You know, these aren't the teams that they're really going to have to be competing with. Look, this is baseball. This is usually where, you know, you you drop a game here yeah. or there. You lose a series that you shouldn't, you know, that you shouldn't lose. This had been happening previously. Uh, also... The Mets, you know, they're having struggles with the Brewers, who we thought was a good team, but a team that the Brewers have all of a sudden been losing a bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, winning games is winning games no matter how it comes uh, because, as you're saying, Joe, this was something that we'd seen easy parts of their schedule previously, and they weren't doing this. Yeah. They weren't the, they weren't having this kind of success. The the recipe for any team that wants to make the playoffs in baseball is to pretty much tread water against the teams that are, you know, on par with you being at the tops of their divisions. Just kind of split with those teams and then you just really got to beat up on the teams that are worse than you and that's exactly what has separated the Braves from the rest of the NL East over the last 3 or 4 years is they're the only team that's been able to really dominate their division opponents like that. So um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the Braves are doing it well, but you know, I, I thinking back also to uh, I was fortunate enough to go on with uh, Maria Martin on Eleven Alive a couple weeks ago for her TV program, and you know, we were talking about this as well when this was before the Braves really you know got off the ground here like they have these last couple weeks. And something that I said on there was that you know the Braves they can't just start to play good against these teams like they really have to be great uh, during this stretch. And I couldn't have imagine that they were yeah. going to be this great like it doesn't really get any better than this again what they're doing right now is you know approaching historic levels yeah and I think it's also one of those things where they're finally having games where maybe not everything goes right but you know two out of three you know I, I would right. say you know if you're looking at offense starting pitching relief pitching you're getting two out of three on a nightly basis uh, because I was, I was looking through of, you know, what these relievers have been doing as of recent has been pretty impressive outside of, I think Dylan Lee uh, who, you know, struggled a little bit um, in his relief appearance recently, guys aren't giving up runs. You're mm-hmm. seeing, you know, you're seeing stat line. Got it through his little yeah. patch. Yeah. You're, you're seeing guys come in, you know, one inning and run column zero. Mm-hmm. And just uh, – or if they do give up some run support, um, you know, you've just had some incredible starting pitching uh, or the Braves scoring enough runs. I mean, last night, perfect example of this is the fact that, yeah, Max Fried not on his best, but it did not matter because the Braves scored 10 runs. And even, you know, Max Fried talked about the fact of, hey, nice to have an off night when your team scores 10 runs. You know, one of those yeah. – uh yeah, good good pick me up when that takes place. And and this team still has players who are going to come in and help yeah. them through the stretch of the season, you know? Like you talk about the bullpen, you think about um a guy like Tyler Matzik who's going to come back. Um Colin McHugh. Colin McHugh, uh, yeah. obviously dealing with COVID right now, but he's going to come back. Uh, you know, you've got Kirby Yates who hasn't even played yet this season, but he's obviously going to well, return at some point. I mean, you got players who are going to help you that you don't even have to go trade for, but they're going to feel like trades. Yeah. Well, and Mike Soroka, potentially another one on yeah. that list of, of guys who you're, you're right. 
I, I said it last week, and I'm continuing. I think the trade deadline for the Braves is going to be very quiet now, and I have to imagine Alec Anthopoulos breathing a sigh of relief of like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to pull a rabbit out of a hat. You know, just <laughs> yeah, one of those yeah. like, because uh, you know the expectations were going to be there uh, if this team was still struggling when they reached um, what August 2nd, I think is when the trade deadline is. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those like, yeah, they're doing it with their own guys, uh, and they're going to get their own guys back to potentially make this team even better. You mentioned Kirby Yates. I don't know much about him, but every time I've heard someone in the Braves system talk about him, it's just like a little smirk of like, oh, man, when when we get that guy, yeah. you guys are going to see. You know, It's just one of those like, yeah, they're, they're, there's so much more to this team, and I just didn't think it – two weeks ago, I didn't think it was going to matter. I thought if you continue to play this 500 ball, sure it'll be exciting once you you know potentially get a Mike Soroka, you get you know uh, Matzik back, you get all these pieces, but it's going to be too late. Well, it's not too late now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, C- Caleb, I want I want to go back to something also that you said uh, just a second ago, which was that this Braves team it doesn't feel like they have to have everything go right for them in a game to win it that they can kind of you know, just two out of three, you know, two out of three batters or something, then then you're going to be successful. But let's go through this lineup really quick. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr., a better player now than he was when you opened the season, just physically better. Dansby Swanson, we're going to talk about him more in just a second, but that guy has turned himself into one of the best shortstops in the game after being one of the worst at the plate to start the season. Remember, he was setting some, like, well, leading leading the league in strikeouts. Uh, Austin Riley has been pretty consistently good. He has gone through some stretches, uh, some rough patches this year, but solid, solid hitter that you feel dependable on. Matt Olson, uh, I think, you know, you're seeing a different level to Matt Olson now that the weather's warming up and he's kind of gotten off of his traditional slower couple months that he's proven to have throughout the course of his career. He's starting to get going. Marcelo Zuna, we're starting to see flashes recently. You hope that that continues. He's obviously probably been one of the most underperforming Braves hitters so far this season. And then you got the catching position. William Contreras, Travis Darno, both of those guys hitting really well. Adam Duvall, as we talked about earlier, turning himself around. Michael Harris, who we talked about as well. So you got all these pieces, and that's just, you know, when you have a lineup that's solid up and down, that allows you to get by with, a night where Austin Riley has a golden sombrero or, you know, you just, you know, you can have an off night and you still get picked up by your teammates. And that's something that, you know, this team, these, these guys individually have said for years now, which is just like, you know, picking up your teammate, picking up your teammate. And it really feels like they're able to do that now where they were not really as capable of doing that a month ago. Well, and it, and it also helps because less finger pointing happens when, when somebody else carries, you know, carries the team for the night then winning cures all and you go oh yeah well I guess they did lose 10 to 4 and you know oh Austin Riley didn't hit and oh he hasn't really hit in the series um you don't notice it though because <laughs> right, they right. won both of those games and <laughs> and, and, and for instance in, in Tuesday's game they hit five home runs you know yeah <laughs> you've hit 14 home runs uh in this series in two games that's insane. Um, <laughs> that, that is that's, wild. That that's good numbers, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's just one of those that that yeah that I feel like earlier in the season we were so critical a, a lot of of some of these you know individual guys not stepping up 
And it was because no one was. Like, it was all bad all at the same time. I think it was rightful. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Criticism, to be honest. I mean, you know, they were were a different team right now. Like, that's the the thing. Yeah, exactly. And and so you talked about Dansby Swanson. He's a guy right now... um, I want to start off our conversation maybe a little hot button way of saying, has Dansby Swanson now outpriced himself to come back to the Braves? Yeah, I saw somebody floating. I saw on Twitter um, someone was floating around like that they think it might take seventy five million or something to get him back. No way, (laughs) he's going to be much more than that. I'm not now. That having said that, uh, I am not the guy who like accurately projects contracts and there are some people out there that who are really good at it yeah i don't know who like who are these people because i've i've seen numbers floating around and i'm like how do people just off the top of your head go uh yeah he looks like a four-year 115 million like i'm like (laughs) what yeah i'm so i I, i'm so i just don't keep up with with spock track that close to (laughs) to know what's happening yeah, I would uh, just uh, give a shout out to one of my buddies at Brent Blackwell. He's a hardcore Braves fan and uh, really enjoys kind of getting into the number side of it in terms of the contracts and stuff. So uh, he's a good follow for stuff like that. But I would just like to talk about how important Dansby has obviously become to this club. And obviously we know what he's doing after he's turned himself around at the plate this year. And that's a whole nother story. I mean, I'm looking right now at fan graphs. Uh, he is number 12 overall in F4 so far this year in Major League Baseball. Uh, there looks to be he's... one pitcher in there. So if you take out the pitchers, he'd be 11th. Uh, he's the second best shortstop. Only Xander Bogarts is above him. And that includes, as we said, getting off to that rough start. So that's incredible. But I also think, Caleb, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast before, but just his role now from a leadership standpoint, from being the clubhouse guy, that's super important, especially when you have kind of the vacuum of some of that with losing Freddie Freeman. I feel like re-signing Dansby 
is a must. Like, I feel like this club has to do that and should do it because he's proving himself to be one of the best shortstops available that you could possibly get. Like, I feel like anything else you're going to downgrade at the position. Well, it feels like the Braves had kind of positioned themselves to be able to pay Dansby if this happened. I mean, mm. you're, the way you've done some other deals feels like, okay, yeah, you've made money available that Dansby Swanson should be a guy that you could pay if he did this. And it was also, I mean, that's why I think they didn't try to make a deal before this year because to this point, he was very much looking like a guy that they would be, you know, hey, sorry to see you leave, but hope you find something else to, to, to work with a new team. And started off this season, you know, leading the majors in strikeouts. Uh, it was just an all around, and and that that goes into his leadership, and that's one of those things. Is I remember I did an appearance with uh, with Nick Hale, and and Nick was asking me who was the leader on this team, and I said I'd love for it to be Dansby, but it can't be because you can't have a leader be the guy who who is telling you, hey guys, we need to do this and we need to do that, and can't do it himself. Right. Yeah. Uh, true. And, and that's been Dansby Swanson for so it was so much of him early through the season, and then you know he got hot, he flipped a switch, it stayed. Um, he's now breaking records at Nationals Park, where <laughs> he's got five straight five straight games of a of hitting a home run. It's the first time in their their entire uh, existence of that ballpark that that's happened. It's just it's one once again. It's another one of those like. What a turnaround. Um, yeah. I, I didn't see it coming. To me, there are similarities with Austin Riley in the sense of and how they progressed as hitters, especially um, where Dansby just seems like he's much quicker to break out of slumps now at this point in his career. Yeah. He's just you know learned enough, has gained enough experience at the plate where he's able to understand where things are going wrong and able to adjust. And that's a, I think a great, you know, quality to have, obviously. Um, and then, you know, we only seem to talk about his defense when he like comes off a, a game where he makes a big play <laughs> or something, but yeah. really the guy has been super, super consistent defensively. That's what's always impressed me with Dansby the most. It's not necessarily some of the great plays he makes, which, you know, he, he definitely is capable of doing that kind of thing, but he's just so consistent. He doesn't make errors. Um, which is just, you know, that kind of thing gets overlooked, especially at, at the shortstop position, because that is kind of where a lot of standout defenders play. But uh, you just can't say enough about who how he is just overall as a player. At the plate, in the field, you know, runs the bases hard. He's been getting a little bit more aggressive there, trying to s swipe some bags. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just all, all plaudits for Dansby right now. Yeah, I thought you were about to say we only talk about his defense when he makes a mistake, because that well, feels yeah. like – uh, it kind of feels like what we do a lot of the times uh, is is one of those. It's just so automatic <laughs> that yeah. it, it was like when Matt Olson was, it. yeah, when Matt Olson was going through his deal at first base. You know, Braves fans had gotten so used to anything coming at first with Freddie. That's an out, mm -hmm. and when that didn't happen, you know, so any anytime Dansby messes up out in the field, especially if the bat wasn't along with it you know if the, if the bat was struggling too it's like oh come on i mean this guy at least play defense you know <laughs> it's one of those uh to 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 take on my best mike bell impression there but uh, <laughs> uh you know it's, it's just one of the like that's that's how we had treated him so yeah it, it's really nice to see him kind of have this impact of, of what he's been able to carry so far i hope it 
keeps up, obviously. Uh, if so, he's going to become a very wealthy man. And I wouldn't be surprised if if we're looking, um, you know, in the $100 million figure for, for him getting, uh, you know, a, a long contract um, just wouldn't wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. And it all depends, too, on, you know, how impactful is he down the stretch, uh, especially with the fact of, you know, Joe, one thing we've kind of been avoiding so far is the big news, Ozzy Alves. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's gone until, what, maybe the playoffs if, the, you know, depending on how deep or – more than likely, though, he could be gone for the rest of the season, uh, and that feels like such a big loss, and yet I I don't want to gloss over the fact, but also not as big of a deal as it could be. Right. Um, it, it's such a strange pres- position for this team to be in. Um, I was talking to the, some, some guys out in uh, sports radio in Portland about the fact of you lost Ronald Acuna last season and you just felt like the season was over. Like it's just, there's no way. And then you watched what this team could do. And so I think we might take Ozzy Alves for granted and, you know, and losing him is a big piece, but I think because we've watched this team lose a piece, someone who I would say is, is, you know, more impactful and still go on to win, uh, you kind of go, ah, well, it'll be all right. It'll it'll be okay, uh, e- even though you are losing an all-star um, and, and just, you know, a, a consistent piece at, at second base. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, you know, Ozzy, it's a broken foot. You can have many different types of, <laughs> of yeah. you know, foot fractures. Um, he had a, it appears to be a pretty bad one that required surgery, which he apparently had successful surgery on today, uh, as communicated by the club. Uh, and, but I think more telling about his kind of status is that he, you know, he was placed on the 60 day IL. Some people were, were thinking that, you know, from a foot fracture, you can come back in four to six weeks. Clearly that's not going to be the case with him. He's going to be out eight weeks minimum, minimum, but to your point, we don't really know how exactly how yeah. long it's going to be for him. So you do have to plan longer term. But, you know, having said that, to your point, you know, the Braves have done a lot of this kind of without his, not without him, but just like without his <laughs> typical offensive potency that we're used to seeing. I think that a lot of Braves fans were kind of salivating at the fact of this lineup getting going like it is with him starting to get going like we've seen him perform. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's the silver lining is the fact that you have been able to get this lineup going both individually through with guys on the squad and collectively. And he hasn't been, you know, the same Ozzy Albies that we've kind of grown accustomed to. Yeah. It's one of, it's one of the, that's why when I did the interview this morning, I was thinking to myself, like, I feel so awkward saying the Braves will be all right, but the Braves will be all right. Um, I think so too. You also factor in, you know, you're not just throwing some journeyman, some guy just brought up from Gwinnett uh, to fill in that spot. You're bringing a guy who was playing shortstop for a Major League Baseball team two seasons ago, you know, in Orlando Arcia. It's not just nothing, you know, it's not nothing. (laughs) It's one of those that um, if you had to lose a position – 
pretty ideal. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's one of the, like, I feel, I feel icky. I feel gross I know. saying yeah. that. Yeah. But it's just a fact. You know, it, know. It, it, it honestly is. It's it's one of those. You're right. It matters, too, how Ozzy had been hitting as of recent, especially with the way that Orlando Arcia is hitting already, you know, and, and kind of had been all season, even though he wasn't playing a whole lot. Uh, so it, it's just one of those. There's always going to be concern for me losing a guy of that magnitude. But I think. I think the Braves are okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you never want to lose anybody to injury, right? But um, it is sports. Things happen. And, yeah. uh, you know, Ozzy has played a lot of baseball over these last, you know, really since the pandemic resumed. Um, he's a guy who plays the game super hard. You know, got to be taxing on his body just to play the game the way he does. And he never is out. You know, like, how often? I can't even, like, recall games well, where he's just, like, getting a rest day. I was about to say, I mean, he, he played next to Freddie, so. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Plus, <Yeah. laughs> Freddie's looking next to him like, hold up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and last year there. in particular, I mean, I remember there was stats going around last year about how, you know, the infield, the Braves infield last year played like almost every possible game because they needed those guys to play yeah. because they were in such a scrap to to make the playoffs for so long. So, um, you know, it's just kind of the way things have gone. And then to go through a whole – long playoffs that really significantly cuts down on your off season, um, which is just less rest. And so um, I think that, you know, it's just a tough one for Ozzy. Um, they just played a lot of baseball, but yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are down on, on Arcia, just like his career numbers aren't, you know, they are what they are, which they're not great. Um, but I don't know. There's something about him that I have confidence in this year. I mean, he's come in and, played well in, in games this year. He's hit, you know, walk off Homer and, and done some things. Um, I think he's feels very comfortable here, like very much a part of the squad. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do, you know? I, well, I, and it's, yeah. And it's, it's one of those, like the, I don't think you're, you're losing a lot defensively because you're talking about a guy who played shortstop. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was used to covering a lot of ground um, or, making up for it with, with his arm. I think that was something the broadcast talked about last night is he doesn't have quite the range of Ozzy Albies, but he's got the arm, uh, which so he can make up for it. But it's also one of those, like, yeah, I mean, if it's one of the, if there has to be a weak spot in the lineup, not the worst thing that it's right mm-hmm. there. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, you could handle that a lot better than you could. And some of the other places that the Braves have been dealing with it, but you haven't reached that point yet. I mean, he hit a home run last night. You know, it's one of those like yeah. things. Things have been okay. Um, and and let's remember, the Braves won the World Series last year without Ronald Acuna, which is just yeah, to say that it's not like any injury in baseball is really going to be one that completely ruins your season. It, like oh. baseball, that's just the nature of the game, where you have enough players who can make up for that lost production. So one player, unless it's like a Mike Trout or something on like a pretty weak Angels team, you know, like there are other players that can help yep. make up for that lost production. And I think the Braves have the kinds of, the kind of roster that can um, withstand this kind of injury to be perfectly honest. Sure. So that goes uh, to the point. Do you think that like in terms of a trade, like I'm, I don't think the team needs to go out and try to rush to, to bring anybody in. If you get to the trade deadline, you know, and you observe the way that the team is trending and then you decide you want to maybe do something, then I would be okay with it. But I don't think the team needs to rush out to try to, like, fill this hole. I'm perfectly fine just kind of rolling with Arcia and seeing how it works out. 
Yeah, I don't think Alex is going to look at this position as something that he feels the need to fill. Obviously, it's one of those keep his eyes open and see who gets moved or, you know, because it's one of the, like, this is a short-term thing. You're for sure bringing Ozzy back next season and, mm-hmm. and for the foreseeable right. future. You don't want to block so, him. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no need to go getting in, you know, trying to, to, to bring in a, a big name or even a medium name for that matter. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. And, and then anyone of lesser value, it's like, well, you have Arcia. So what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they claimed uh, the guy from St. Louis. They claimed a second baseman off waivers literally last week. Uh, there was somebody. Oh, that's right. Uh, the guy who looks like Thor. Yes. Um, Why can I not think of his name? Yeah. What is his name? Uh, his name is Kramer. Kramer yes. or something. I remember. I was just thinking. You never. I don't. I don't trust anybody named Kramer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's um, killing me. Where is that? Um. Kramer. I can't find Kramer. It. I've got the roster pulled up here. I'm just scrolling through. Anyway, his name is Kramer. I was about to say this is Kramer Robertson. There you go. Okay. Now you know who he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those like so they have Phil Gosselin, obviously, uh behind Arcia. That's for the immediate. Um, if they felt the need to do something different, you know, like potentially there. I still think, you know, if you're if you're gonna bolster anything, make any changes, um, you add outfield depth or you Add to the bullpen. My God, I'm looking at this roster and it's got birthdays. <laughs> Is he making you feel old? Ozzy was born <laughs> in 1997. Uh huh. That see that makes me feel old. So was Austin Riley. I'm actually older than that. Yeah. That that's and that's one got, of those. You got nothing on me either. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's no. That's when I started to feel old. Is like when I see some of my favorite players and then oh, I'm now older than them. That Michael. hadn't happened. Michael Harris, 01, oh, 2001. Man. Oh, we're now we're now into the 2000s. Yep, we well, are. I mean, in fairness, he is the youngest player in baseball right now. Yeah, that's true. It's just a little caveat to make ourselves feel a little bit better. Um, but Joe, before we get out of here, the T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Talked about the easy schedule that this Braves team is currently has been in and is part of this 13 game winning streak. Uh, it's not going to be the case. Unfortunately, up. it doesn't last forever. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it did. <laughs> um, it, well, it still it still goes on. Yeah, you, yeah. You, Got you one go more to the Cubs. after this one. Yep. Yeah, you go to the Cubs, and so maybe you can build that lead up. Uh, the thing that does concern me is 
you know, what you're looking at, I think that the Mets schedule is significantly, at least for the moment, significantly easier than what the Braves have got to face after Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., Philly, uh, and then later you get St. Louis. St. Louis, who's been consistently good this year. Yeah, Yeah. well, just all teams that are going to be competing um, for, for a playoff spot. Yep. And and I, I still stand by. I think you need to win the division. Yeah. Felt that way last year. Um once again, I feel like I'm you know, right back in. You don't want to be fighting for a wild card spot, especially amongst um, you know, the National League West. You just don't want to be doing it. So a, a really tough schedule, but one of those that you just don't feel as bad about based on the based on the winning streak. Yeah, um, you know, the way I kind of see it is after the Chicago, like the Chicago series basically ends a certain segment of the schedule where that's kind of the end of what we've been talking about for a while, this kind of, you know, winnable stretch of games that the Braves have. Then, as you said, they got they play these West Coast teams. They, they host the Giants, the Dodgers. Um, but then, you know, and you kind of cap those, but then – then you head into the All-Star game with two series against the Nationals sandwiching a series against the Mets. And those are going to be really big games as well for different reasons. Obviously, the the, the series against the Mets, like we were talking about earlier, you just want to kind of be able to tread water, you know, if you can in, in those series. And then you beat up, hopefully, like the Braves have been doing against the Nationals. So these are going to be very important games, but I really just do see uh, – just a bit of a a, a, cha- a phase change in how we need to perceive this brave season after this after the the Cubs series that follows this current national series. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, they don't need to be winning every single game, uh, and certainly they've already increased their odds to make the playoffs on Baseball Reference. They're up to eighty one percent now, which has got to be the highest Ooh, they've been maybe yeah. all maybe all year, honestly. Um, so that's good. Obviously, it's just kind of an algorithm algorithmic thing doesn't really mean anything in and of well, itself but gives you a bit uh gives you some context as to where they are uh with relation to all the other teams vying for a spot yeah i mean it makes sense that they are a, a season best nine games over 500 like that's part of it too yeah. is you were dealing with a team who couldn't get to 500 <laughs> yeah. or could not get over 500 uh so you know it's one of those like now they are finally you know, winning so many games and, and, and reaching this point of, yeah, I'm not surprised the playoff odds have increased and, and kind of hopefully continue to do so. Um, anything else you want to get to before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think that's it. Also, just one more thing to add on that. It's easier to make the playoffs this year because I think that they count also that includes wild card spots, which of course is expanded. So um, very true. Yeah. So there's also that. So yeah, just keep an eye on that the the playoff race uh, or the I'm sorry the NL East race. It's down to five games. So the Braves have cut that in half, uh, which is great. Yeah. Great news. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's once again it's just one of those things that I felt like I kept saying was like, you know, you're gonna get to a point where you just can't turn things around. Yeah. And well, they're showing me. So. They did turn around. It's funny. Yeah. I feel like we haven't really had as much like hot topics to discuss no. this week, but it's just because everything's going so freaking awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. like everything's just, just going smoothly. So let's it's just, just like keep it going thumps like up, this. guys. You know, you're doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't keep, let us know, screw I, you up. Just I feel like I feel like baseball mom over here, just you know, clapping it up. Good guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, good game. Good game. Good game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, well, hopefully we get to do it again next week. Uh, yeah. Thanks for everybody listening in. For my co-host Joe Patrick, I'm Caleb Johnson. Thanks for listening to Batter Up.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 